This podcast is produced by Discipleship.org, championing Jesus' way of disciple-making. For a 10% discount on the National Disciple-Making Forum this October in Nashville, Tennessee, register at Discipleship.org and use the promotional code PODCAST. Producing this episode, I'm Chad Harrington. For Ariana Rimson, discipleship began when she heard the gospel growing up in church. Her youth ministers and other people pointed her to the Lord, but it didn't really click until she was 19 years old when she became a disciple. That's when the Lord began to take her to a place beyond what she had imagined. It started on the day she came to Christ, when she met an older woman in the church named Leah, who taught her how to follow Jesus through life-on-life discipleship. For some reason, I believe it's just by the power of the Holy Spirit, at the age of 19, I actually got it. I realized that I was a sinner, and I accepted Christ that Sunday at church. And then she continued to walk with me through that journey on what does it look like to now live for the Lord. Now that you know who He is, what does it look like to live for Him? Ariana, how did she start that conversation with you? I'm telling you, it, it was really strange. It's I don't, I don't think it's any story that is common, but that Sunday I was invited to go to that church by a college friend of mine, and I really didn't want to go to church, and so I kind of I kept telling her I didn't want to go, and she would just keep inviting me. So that Sunday I sat there in the back of the lecture center, and literally I did not want to hear the message. I was just going to appease my friend so that she could stop inviting me to church. And while I sat down, the Lord just asked me, do you know what it means to be saved? And by the end of that sermon, I don't remember what the sermon was about, but I just remember saying to myself, I don't know what it means to be saved. And so I went down front, and my pastor actually had me talk to Leah. And she was sitting on the front part of the lecture center, and she had her Bible open. And I just think it was just divine intervention where the Lord was just like, I'm just going to set up this appointment for you guys to meet. And she began to walk me through the Romans Road, and it will be officially called the Romans Road of Salvation. She began to walk me through that. And after that, I don't really know how it started. I just remember we exchanged phone numbers, and then we just started meeting up where I would sit with her at church, and then she would invite me out to eat, you know, after church and during the week and would invite me to her house. And it just began to be this relationship that developed, and as she would say, organically. She never said, do you want me to disciple you? Or I would like to disciple you. She never used those type of words. She never said those kind of phrases. It just happened where I just began to follow her life because she opened up her life to me. Ariana, what did you take away from that experience? One is that this was a woman who was, at that time, probably about 25 years older than me. So the point that she would take time out of her life to spend time with a younger woman who was in college, we didn't have anything in common. It wasn't like we even majored in the same careers or anything like that. It was all because of her love for Christ and me coming into a new relationship with Christ that joined us together. So one, I just saw that she was willing to give up her time so that I could come to know who the Lord was in a deeper way. And so that was one thing I took away. And then two was just how she made a commitment to allow me to see what life of Christ looked like. So, um, for example, she would allow me to come over to her house, and I would see how her and her husband interacted. Or we would go out to eat, and I would see how she shared the gospel with somebody. Or 
we would go to, she attended Moody Bible Church at that time, and they would have um, these many women's luncheons, and she would share her testimony. And so I would go with her, and then I learned how you share your testimony. So just being able to have someone who said, the best way for me to disciple you is for me to show you my life. You know, and then I even saw when she had, you know, a struggle in her life, how she dealt with that also. And so there was just, there wasn't much hidden in her life. And I think that was a big takeaway for me was I don't have to be perfect as far as discipling goes, but I can be open and honest with people and they can see my pitfalls. They can see the things that I do well and not do well. And they can see that I'm still growing in my walk with the Lord. That was something that I always enjoyed. Even now, we're still good friends, that I always enjoy watching how she's constantly growing in her walk with the Lord. She's never gotten to the point where she's made it. And so for me, that helps me to, one, you know, try to get myself off of that performance um, track of thinking, okay, if I can just do better, then I'll, I'll be what I need to be, but realizing I'm not going to get there this side of heaven. And so this is a process. This is a sanctification process. I'm constantly going to be learning about the Lord, and, and the Lord will constantly love me, and he'll constantly draw me back to himself, and just what life with Christ looks like. You're listening to the Disciple Makers Podcast. We bring you stories of disciple makers who are making disciples that make disciples in the North American context. Today's episode is Ariana Remsen's story. Ariana lives in Memphis, Tennessee, where she serves at Mariah House. This is a long-term Christian recovery center that's a part of the Memphis Union Mission. Ariana was discipled by Leah very early on in her walk with the Lord, but eventually the Lord placed other women in her life so that she could pass on what she had learned from Leah. So I asked Ariana what disciple-making has looked like in her life from the other side, now that she's pouring herself into other women. She said, Yeah, so um, some of the relationships I have have been through evangelism, where the Lord has given me an opportunity to see someone come to Christ, meaning they've gotten to the point where they probably have heard the gospel more than, than you know, 50, 100 times. But at the time that the Lord allowed me to share with them, that's when they accepted it. And so some of them have been where they were kind of the same situation I was, where it was the day that I came to the Lord, so it was the day that they came to the Lord, and I just walked with them through this journey of what does it look like to walk with the Lord. And then some have been where they have had a relationship with Christ, but there's a lot about the Lord they still don't know. And so then they have asked me, would you disciple me? And and I asked them, you know, what do you mean by that? And they say, well, I want to grow in my relationship with the Lord. And I say, oh, okay, well, I, by the grace of God, I can help you to do that. How did they know to ask you? Like, it's not a really common thing these days yeah. for someone to ask <laughs> not, someone else to disciple. So what is It's what, not. What I think, well, some of the, the situations, I well, I won't even say situations. Um, I would say the the circles that I've been around, have used that term discipleship. Now, back in Chicago, before I went through downline or, or was on staff at downline, um, we used the word mentoring. And so um, there could have been a young girl who was just like, I just want to hang out with you. And so that equates to, okay, I'm going to spend some time with you. And then in my mind, I'm saying this time is not going to be wasted. I want to make sure I show you who Christ is. And I want to 
you know, as much as it depends on me, I want to make sure I I express to you the truth about God's Word, and I hold you accountable to what God's Word says, especially if you're telling me you're a believer. And then when I moved to Memphis, I found that the more of the, the terms discipleship and I want to be discipled were used because of downline and just the impact of just the Bible Belt, you know, in general, and just the way people talk about it down south. Um, and so then I would have young women come to me and saying, I've heard about you. And I've heard about the people that you've discipled. I've talked to such and such who says that she's in your discipleship group, and I want to know if I can be discipled by you. So what do you teach women in particular when you disciple them? I like to start with just a foundation on what their relationship is like with the Lord. So what I usually do is I will try to do a lesson on who is God. Um, Because a lot of people, I think, have this kind of vague view of God. And and I want to make sure that we're both on the same page and we talk about God. And so I want to make sure they know God as Father, God as the Son, and God as the Holy Spirit. And so we'll spend some weeks discussing what that looks like, and we'll look at scriptures, and we'll try to put that into practice and say, okay, if God is your Father, how does this decision um, go against or go along with God's Word, if you see Him as Father? If, if God is the Son then, you know, how does the way you're living reflect that? You know, so really trying to help them take what they know and make it and put it into practice, put it into a way that they live. And then once I go through that, then I try to spend time on how to have a quiet time and what does just prayer look like, because I just think those are some of the the key points in our walk with the Lord. And even though Leah never taught me clear lessons on those, I saw that in her life, like, when she would share the gospel with people, she talked about Jesus Christ. Or when I would go and spend the night at her house, I saw her having her quiet time. And so I just began to pick up on those things, and I would ask her questions like, what should I read if I want to study this? And so I began doing that with the young woman that I disciple, is I would give them maybe a sample devotional. Or there's times where I've had young women come over during the time where I have my quiet time in the morning. And they just kind of sit alongside me, and I say, okay, this is what I do. You know, I pray, I might sing a song, I might work on a memory verse, I'm studying through this passage, and they get to see what does that time look like in my life. Um, And then after that, I really just kind of go off of what the Spirit leads and what their life is in need of. So even today, I, I meet with a girl at 6 in the morning, and yesterday she asked me about, um, spiritual gifts. She said, do you have a lesson on spiritual gifts? And I was like, yeah, I do. And I said, I'll I'll teach you that, you know, when we meet. And so it kind of just goes with, you know, where they see, okay, this is something about my walk with the Lord that I don't know. And then we'll study that together. When she moved to Memphis, we started meeting also. And I think for her, just being able to see how discipleship changed the way she viewed herself. I think before she kind of went through discipleship as like a knowledge base, like, okay, I just need to learn more information, and then I will just give that information to someone else, where I got to see it become more of a lifestyle for her, if that makes sense, where it wasn't just, where it wasn't just, let me just give information, but let me really do life with people. 
what about your interactions with her helped her to see that? Like in your discipleship with her, what was it that you did that opened her eyes? And obviously it's the Holy Spirit working, but you know, through your life, what did, what happened? Yeah, I think, and I'm just kind of trying to think of what she would say. I think one would be the availability. Um, I remember times where it was outside of our meeting where we would just get together. And, or she would say, can I just talk to you? I've got some questions about this, or I don't know what to do about this relationship, or, or what have you. And then it was just those, those times of just being available to be able to talk to her and to be able to um, deal with some current issues that she was going on, that was going on in her life, and then being able to see her put the, the biblical advice into action. And then also to see... Um, just for making some wise decisions based off of what God's Word says rather than based off of what she thinks people want her to do. Because she held a lot of roles as far as ministry goes, and so she had a lot of expectations on herself, and she just, a lot of times she would feel like, well, I think this is what people want me to do. And it's like, okay, but they're not God. You know, and at the end of the day, you have to answer to the Lord. You don't have to answer to people. And so if that's not what God is leading you to do, then you need to, to take a step back and really do what he's calling you to do rather than what everyone is wanting you to do. My name is Alexandria McCraney. Uh, I'm on staff with my husband. We work with Campus Crusade for Christ at the University of Arkansas, and we live in Fayetteville, Arkansas. What did your relationship with her look like as you were learning to follow Jesus? Yeah, so um, three things really came to mind when I thought about this question. And so I would say what Ariana did for me is that she showed me what it looked like to live missionally. So she was involved in our lives and uh, that she was the women's director of the Emerging Leaders Program. So um, not only did we get to hear her teach us about Christ and how to walk with the Lord, but also um, see that in her life. So living missionally, uh, using the gift of singleness well, um, just being very intentional about how she spent her time, um, you know, just what she felt like her purpose was in that season. And so that was extremely encouraging, I'm sure, for many of us. Uh, and speaking for myself, being a single woman at the time, um, just really encouraged me to do the same thing, uh, to walk with the Lord and to share him with other women that God brought into my life. And um, the third thing is she showed me what discipleship looked like, um, that it is truth and life transference in the context of relationship. And so I really felt like over time, I and I developed a friendship um, I appreciated her honesty and transparency. So obviously we uh, looked up to her as a role model to us, an example of a godly woman. But at the same time, she was very uh, vulnerable and transparent about her struggles. And uh, we would get to pray with each other and do things together, hang out, watch movies. So um, it wasn't just a Bible study with her. It definitely was a life-on-life -life experience um, 
that encouraged us beyond what we learned in God's Word. So. We're taking a break from the story to hear more about how you can grow as a disciple maker by joining the national conversation that's going on right now. For starters, join the discipleship.org National Forum for Disciple Making at Long Hollow Baptist Church in Nashville, Tennessee, this October 6th and 7th. This is a two-day conference specifically for you. If you're a leader of any type in the church, paid or unpaid, volunteer or on staff, pastors and laypersons alike will learn best practices for disciple-making today. It's on a Thursday and a Friday so that you can travel from just about anywhere in the country and still make it back for Sunday. This year's theme for the forum is called Culture Shift, Back to Jesus' Way of Disciple-Making. This conference is the first of its kind because 10 disciple-making organizations will all be in one place at the same time. Each organization will host a track at the conference. One of those 10 tracks is facilitated by Ariana Remsen, whose story we're featuring in this episode. Here's Ariana on why she's excited about the National Disciple-Making Forum. Yeah, I'm excited because as... I think as we look at our culture and we look at the things that are going on in many of our communities, um, whether it be social justice issues or whether it be um, just issues in the home, I think the thing that's missing in a lot of places is discipleship. I have found myself just constantly saying that, you know, when you look at young men and why they're choosing, um, I don't know, gangs over going to college, it's like discipleship, or why are girls getting pregnant at such a young age, discipleship. Like, if, if, if people aren't realizing that we've got to pour into other people, and especially as an older generation, we have to pour into the younger generation, um, then, then we're missing the whole point of what Christ has called us to do in Matthew 28. If we're not making disciples, we're missing the whole point. And so I'm excited about a time where Believers get together, and they all hear the same message, and then they're all held accountable to the same message. I think those kind of, this kind of forum and these kind of conferences um, have such a great impact because everyone's getting the same challenge. And you know that you're not walking out of that room or out of that um, sanctuary saying, I've got to do this on my own. But no, I've got 200 other people or 1,000 other people who have all heard the same messages, and we're all going out and doing this together. I just think that's that's so encouraging, and I think that's challenging. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to hear this for the first time. I think there's going to be people who have heard this um, 500 times, but yet they haven't done anything yet. And I also think there are going to be people who are saying, I am doing this, but I need to be encouraged to keep going. I just want to add that that even if people are thinking about if they need to come to this, that they would just come. Even if you're not discipling anyone right now, you can still gain um, some insight on discipleship. Even if you are discipling someone, just to get to know some other disciple makers is encouraging because we need one another. And we're called to be the body of Christ, and so it doesn't have to just be your local church, but we, as all believers all over the world, are called to be the body, and we're called to make disciples, and I think this will be a a great place for us to be encouraged in the commission that Christ has given us. Register for the National Forum for Disciple Making at discipleship.org. Get a 10% discount if you're coming by yourself or bringing a group that's not yet registered by using the promotional code podcast. 
And now back to the story. We're picking up now with how the Lord used Ariana in Alexandria McCraney's life as she grew in her relationship with the Lord. Alexandria had been discipled before she met Ariana, and while her experiences beforehand were good, she said that something about how Ariana discipled her was different. So I pressed into that difference by asking her. What's the difference between the discipleship you experienced before and what Ariana did for you? Yeah, I love that question because uh, I feel like that's been what has changed me the most in terms of how I do discipleship. So before, um, I would say I view discipleship as a Bible study. So getting together with other women or women getting together with me and us opening the Word and uh, just finding more about who God is through His Word just during that time. Uh, usually most people are familiar with, okay, we're going to go to a coffee shop and we're going to talk about the scriptures. And that's absolutely great. I mean, we obviously need that. But the part that I experienced with Ari was the life on life. So I had gotten the truth before, but not so much the life on life uh, to the extent that I got with Ari. So not only did I have God's word, um, shaping me and encouraging me and teaching me truth, but I also had a living example of what it looked like to appropriate God's Word in my life. And so I would say that that was the biggest uh, difference from my discipleship before and um, my discipleship with Ari. And so now when I think about discipleship, I'm always like, okay, I know that it's not just a Bible study, so how can I be intentional to do life with the girls that God brings into my life where they not only hear it, but they see it. And uh, from there, you know, know how to do it themselves. And she, she talked about how discipleship changed the way you view yourself. Um, and I know that that's, that's um, something that has, has been significant um, for pretty much everybody, you know, if they're following Christ. But what what changed the way you viewed yourself um, by spending time with Ariana and, and learning from her how to follow Jesus? I think what changed and how I view myself is that um, how much in need of God's grace I am, um, that I am broken and it's okay that I'm broken and that's why I need Christ and that's what he came for. So before, I had been in ministry for about three years before I went through downline. And um, to be honest, I was, you know, kind of esteemed by my peers and the people that I work with. Uh, And I think a part of that was because I really wasn't doing life on life with anybody, per se. Um, But in being around Ari, she could see places in my life that were broken and call those out and, um, you know, just helped me to realize I needed to face those things and deal with those things and how we could pray together and really um, walk alongside one another to experience healing in those areas. So um, I think just realizing, you know, I don't have it all together, um, but, you know, God's grace is there for me to experience just being honest and authentic about where I am and who I am uh, before him and honestly before other people. How did she, when she did kind of need to confront you, how did she call you out? Like, how does that, how did that work? 
Uh, well, I remember one particular instance. Um, my roommate and I, because of some things in our past as far as relationships that have been hurtful, um, and, and wanting to know how to be a better friend, uh, we got together with her one day after class and just kind of sat and was just seeking wisdom. Um, but in the midst of that, both of us were crying and uh, I just remember Ari saying and telling me you know you you uh, think people are um, or you don't value people as much um, something to that extent and so um, it was just a matter of her being honest her being able to look into my life um, as I was sharing with her and to see what was broken and to call it out and then um, because we had a relationship with her and we trusted her, um, you know, it was received. So I just think it was a matter of her being honest and not being afraid to tell us the truth about ourselves. We asked Ariana to join the Disciple Makers podcast because she's got solid experience and because she's seen fruit from discipling other women. We already heard in this season about issues pertaining specifically to men by Pat Morley in Episode 9, but there are specific issues pertaining to women in particular, too. So I asked Ariana to share the lessons that she teaches women that are different than what guys need to hear. Plus, she adds a story about a time that God taught her about rest and about taking a step back. I asked her, Ariana, what do you teach women that might be unique uh, from guys discipling guys? So one, I do a um, a lesson on purity, and so I have women um, kind of dissect Proverbs seven and then dissect Proverbs thirty one, and I think that's different from what maybe men do because you know every and I won't say every guy because that's a stereotype, but many Christian guys want the Proverbs thirty one woman, you know they want this woman who's taking care of the kids and making food and all these kind of things. And so then I would get a lot of young women who were like, I want to be this Proverbs 31 woman. And then when we really dive into the word, it's like, oh, I don't think this is just one woman. I think these are the characteristics of a woman. But then the same token, we take a step back and we look at the Proverbs 7 woman because no one wants to be her. But then if we're really honest, some women have traits of her and they're believers you know, where they're manipulative or they, um, you know, don't want to stay at home, like they're constantly running the streets. And especially as a young woman, it's like, how do you begin to hone your love for your home, even though you're not married and you don't have children? And so those are some of the things that we would talk about. And we just kind of go verse by verse in Proverbs 7, and then I have them go verse by verse in that Proverbs 31, starting about verse 10, and we memorize that. And and I just want them to become familiar with what God's Word says and then also knowing what they should not be, but what they should not be based off of God's Word. I never want them to walk away and say, well, Ariana says I'm supposed to be this. I want them to say, well, God's Word says that I'm supposed to be this. What are some of the unique challenges of discipling women today? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um You know, I I really think it's, and I don't know if this is just particular for women or just 
people in general, but I think pride is. Um, and I would say first pride on the disciple maker, because I think when you have been discipling men or women for a long period of time, you kind of get in a routine. And you say, this is what I've always done. This is what I'm going to do. If this isn't what they want, then they need to find someone else. And so you can kind of get into this this mindset of that you know what's best and not leaving room for the Holy Spirit. And I think that makes it very hard to disciple someone because at the end of the day, we're supposed to be helping people to look more like Christ, not more like us. And if I'm not giving room for the Holy Spirit to change things up and do what He wants to do, then I'm really not helping them to look like Christ. I'm helping them to look like me. And then I also think on the part of the women coming in, if they have pride in their hearts where it's like, I know what's best and I know what I need, so just teach me these things and then I'll be fine, then they're not leaving room for the Holy Spirit also to be able to pull out some things in their life that shouldn't be there. And I've had women like that in my discipleship groups where they were like, well, I know that stuff already. This is what I need to learn. It's like, oh, okay, wait a second. You're not, you're not really coming teachable. Because if, if you know these things already, then why exactly am I here? <laughs> like, you can teach yourself then. So how do you overcome that pride, both for a disciple maker yeah. and then, you know, how do you handle that when, when a, a girl comes in and she thinks that she knows what she needs to learn? Yeah. Um, for me, first, I... I try to often take steps back. And so there'll be times, and I think many of the girls that I've discipled would be able to say this, where I would just tell them we're going to take a break. And I might take, and it, it, it could be for me, not for them, where I'm saying I'm going to take a two-week break and I'm just going to reset. And basically what that means for me is I need to really make sure I'm doing exactly what God is telling me to do and I'm not just going through the motions. Um, and many times when I do that, the Lord's like, yeah, you were going through the motions, so let's reset. <laughs> and let me remind you exactly what I've called you to do, and now get back. Um, so that's one for me. And then for the woman who comes like that, um, I would do a break also, and I'll say, you know what, sis, this is what I'm starting to see in your life. I'm seeing that you're kind of coming with this mindset of you don't need to learn this information. You don't need to hear this lesson. You don't need to study this passage. So maybe we need to take a break. Maybe you just need to take some time to pray and ask the Lord what he wants for you. And then let's come back together and figure out if this is where you need to be. Hmm. That's good. I think a, a, a lot of times, and this is something that one of the women who's also made an impact in my life, her name is Cricket Keith. Um, she has taught me a lot about taking a step back and taking time to rest. And I think by learning that, I've realized that if I don't do that, I will begin to just go through the motions or I will begin to just overlook things. But if I take a step back and I really start to evaluate what's going on in this woman's life and saying, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm seeing that they're struggling or Lord, I'm starting to see that I'm getting easily frustrated you know, with this young woman. Okay, why Why am I getting easily frustrated? Because she's not, you know, catching the lesson I want to teach her? Well, maybe this isn't what I need to be teaching her. You know, and so really taking that and allowing yourself time to reset instead of just saying, nope, I discipled for six months and I got to hurry up and get through these lessons in six months or or else, 
but just realizing you got to take that you got to take that step back. My name is Cricket Keys, and I am the Women's Ministry Director at First Evangelical Church in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, and how do you know Ariana? She came to meet with me. She was meeting women's directors, just talking with them to see what they were doing with the women, and came to my office, and we started talking, and she, I was, that year I had written actually a curriculum on discipleship for taking my women through how do you disciple uh, women, and I had written this, so Ari was listening to it and saying, well, could I see it? And I showed it to her, and then she said, would you mind taking me through this material? And so for two years, we met. She mentioned that you helped her know the value of taking a step back. When did you learn that for yourself? Well, I'm still learning it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I I realized a few years ago, uh, several years ago, that life is so busy and we tend to go at breakneck speed. And I took a, a year to do a study on, I wrote a study on rest. And what does the Bible say about slowing down, resting, and so we did a Bible study a few years ago on that, on the gift of rest. And what I was telling her is that, Ari, you're pushing yourself. You're going at breakneck speed, but you're not stopping and taking a step back to be able to, to refresh and to hear what God is wanting to tell you. And so I learned it for myself. Like I said, I'm still learning it. If you ask me today if I'm taking a step back, I'd go, no, I'm... I'm um, suffering from what I call um, D.O. syndrome, distraction overload syndrome. And that's kind of where Ari was at when I, we were started meeting, was just that there were so many things vying for her time. And I was encouraging her, like I've had to do, sometimes we just need to step back and look at the bigger picture and feel free to take some time and rest and take care of ourselves and ask the Lord to speak to us. Because if we're going nonstop, we're not going to have time to listen to him. Does that make sense? Yeah. In other words, our goal is to follow Jesus. And in order to do that, we have to hear his voice. And so if there's too much noise or you're not going slowly enough to actually hear, then you're not really going to be able to personally follow Jesus. Right. And, you know, I think of the example of Jesus. I mean, he was busy from early morning to early, I mean, to nighttime, but he never gave up that time to retreat to the mountains to spend time alone with the Father. And, you know, if he saw that need, we need to step back and get away, be quiet, you know, embrace that gift of rest. And you're right, put out all the noise and just be free to hear what God's telling us to do or not to do. This is what Cricket always based it on, is that Christ did it. You know, even though he had his disciples he was pouring into, Scripture says he often went away to pray. And so he didn't just kind of go off of, well, God the Father sent me here, and so I'm just going to do what he told me to do, and I don't need to check in with him anymore. He was like, he constantly went to check in with his Father, even though he knew what he came to earth to do, he was constantly going back so whether it was to be encouraged by his father or to vent to his father, like, we'll never know because he went away, you know. And so for us, 
you've got to have those times that we take a step back and we say, okay, I just need to have some time with the Lord. I need to pray. I need to seek His face. I need to know exactly what He wants me to do. And then I come back and reconvene with the woman that I'm discipling or the group that I have. Ariana, what advice would you give to a woman who has not been discipled but wants to get in the game? I heard a woman share one time that she had never been discipled, but that she has learned so much from the Holy Spirit. And and I really do believe when Christ, you know, prays for us in John, um, you know, he starts in like 15 through 17, he talks about the purpose of the Holy Spirit and how he's supposed to come and be our our comforter. He's supposed to lead us into all truth. He's supposed to remind us of all truth. And so even if you haven't had that tangible person in your life, you have the Holy Spirit. And so... even if you haven't had someone to sit with you and walk with you verse by verse, I believe you just begin to to sit at the Lord's feet and say, Lord, teach me. But you make a commitment in your life to sit before the Lord. So this might be a little longer than, you know, a 30-minute Devo, but maybe you make a commitment where I'm going to study God's Word an hour a week or, you know, Saturday morning I'm going to spend three hours in God's Word because I need Him to teach me so that I can teach others. And then I think the other thing they do is um, they just pray and ask the Lord if he wants them to have that kind of relationship that, that he shows in Scripture as far as discipleship goes, and they, that he would give them someone to pour into them, that they would cross paths with a woman who has the time in her schedule to be able to meet with her and disciple her. What about a woman who feels almost ready, you know, they, they've got quite a, a bit of experience with the Holy Spirit and following Jesus over time, and but they've never discipled anybody, what would you tell them? Yeah, I think one thing I think we make it harder than it has to be. Um, when you think about the disciples in the New Testament, granted they were with Christ for three years, but a lot of those years they were very immature. You know, they did a lot of question asking. They made a lot of mistakes. We read and we're like, oh, Lord, I can't believe you chose them because I don't know if they're ready. But the difference is that they just did it. And so I think for that woman who is still wondering if I can, should I, you just got to do it. So you just got to take what God has already given you and begin to give that away to other people. And here's the thing that I, I've seen with the Lord in, in people's lives and in my own life, that if the Lord does not want you to, to disciple anyone, He's not going to put anyone in your life. Because He cares more about their walk with the Lord than you do. And so, But if He does put people in your life, and if you start to look around and you're like, oh, this woman keeps trying to spend time with me and I keep pushing her away, then maybe God is saying, you are ready, you just need to start. You've been listening to the Disciple Makers Podcast by Discipleship.org. Learn how you can grow as a disciple maker by visiting Discipleship.org. Make sure to register and join us this October for the National Disciple Makers Forum in Nashville, Tennessee.